in a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Hello there, and welcome to Video Nasty's podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. When a film pops up on the list that isn't actually a horror film, people get a little bit surprised. Why this movie? I Miss You Hugs and Kisses, better known as Drop Dead Dearest and Left for Dead, is a slow-moving courtroom drama with a plinky-plonky piano theme and a murder mystery plot. It's actually quite nasty, really. I've never met anybody, really, who's a fan of the film. Two months ago, Charles Crucian, millionaire husband of former model Magdalene Crucian, offered a $10,000 reward for information leading to the capture of his wife's murderer. Today, through a dramatic turn of events, Crucian himself has been charged with the brutal slaying of his wife, Magdalene Crucian, who was found bludgeoned to death in her home. Charles Crucian, her husband, was charged with the murder and later released on a $100,000 bond. Why would I want to kill her when, obviously, divorce is, is the sensible way out? All she is, is a money-grubbing little nothing. It's not 24, it's $27,000 with all the extras, you know. Goddamn little whore. I just don't give a shit. You were once the best friend of the cure. I planned to get a divorce. And then I would come over. And we'd get married. Forte, how long have you known about the murder? Nothing to say. How long have you and Charles Crucian been lovers? I found myself thinking of ways of killing Magdalene. How? Actually planning it. I miss you. In this crime drama set in 75, and allegedly based on a true story, but apparently lots had been changed in the narrative. Um... It's based in Toronto in Canada. And it follows different ways in which a prominent realtor may have had his wife brutally murdered. Story starts with a model who's played by Elkie Somner, um, who has, and, uh, has her head bashed in and is left for dead. Her husband, Charles, who's played by Don and Donald Pilton, discovers a body and a media frenzy starts. And he goes from a uh, grieving widow to suspect to finally defendant. The majority of the film takes place in flashback, mostly heard from the witness stand. Pretty much everybody is an interesting killer. There's a long string of what-if type scenarios in which Magdalene is murdered in different, various different ways, some more graphic than others. It's pretty much impossible to, to understand exactly who or what, who killed him or why that. As it, there seems, as the story goes on, there seems to be more and more reason why people would want to kill her. In fact, the list of possible suspects doesn't get narrowed as the film goes on. It actually increases. At one point, we even learn there's a serial killer on the loose. And the whole thing could have just been a coincidence. I'm protected. Because... I discussed... Ways of getting rid of Magdalene. 
with Charles. And the police informed me that I could be held uh, as guilty as anyone of conspiring. You know something? What? The other night, in my study. I found myself thinking of ways of... of killing Magdalene. What? How? Actually planning it. Directed and written by Murray Markowitz, uh, a man who had previously made a recommendation for Mercy, another uh, true crime thriller. In truth, the film is a confusing mess of flashbacks and courtroom dramas, slowly heading into the absurd with this list of ways someone could have been killed. That is not to say that it's not a nasty or a nasty film. Make no mistake about it. I, for some reason, many people have questioned why this movie's on the list. And I Miss You, Ugs and Kisses, is effect, does effectively um, focus uh, considerably on a woman being killed in various ways and kind of almost delights on it. That alone could possibly be why it would be classed as obscene. Certainly questionable. But for me, the first big shock after the uh, the murder... And the one that probably did get in trouble was the depiction of uh, slaughterhouse footage. Uh, a no-no. And saying, almost certainly the thing that got the cannibal man on the list. This, In this case, based in a poultry, uh, poultry packing factory. And that uh, certainly will have got it to the attentions of the authorities. And of course there is that implicit combination of sex and death. Also disliked considerably by those in power. So it is, without doubt, um, not, a, not a pleasant film, but I think many people will query whether you know it's, it's any worse than uh, some other things on the list. But on the other hand, this did get dropped off. However, I'm almost sure it's that slaughterhouse footage in the first 15, 20 minutes which caught our, uh, the policeman's eye. This man saved my life many years ago something which I think he might uh, regret from time to time <laughs> but uh, we came to this country with maybe five dollars in our pockets and our first job was in a slaughterhouse plucking chickens <laughs> so we knew what it was like, if you'll excuse the expression, to work your ass off. It's not really noticeable in terms of its production or whatever. What it does have is a star and role as the victim from Elke Somner. Now, Somner was born in Berlin to a Lutheran minister and his wife. After the Second World War, the family were evacuated to Erlanger, a small university town in southern Germany. But despite the lack of money, she attended um, a prestigious school there. She actually um, moved to uh, England to be an au pair and to perfect her English. 
She was spotted by a film director, Vittorio De Sisa, uh, while on holiday in Italy and began appearing in films there in the 50s and become a noted sex symbol and moved to Hollywood in the 1960s. She posed for a Playboy magazine in 64 and 67 and became one of the top movie actresses of the 60s, making 99 moving television performances between 59 and 2005. Notably, A Shot in the Dark with Peter Sellers, um, The Oscar, The Art of Love, and, uh, you know, and Boy Did I Get the Wrong Number with Bob Hope, and The Wrecking Crew with Demi Martin. She was the leading lady in each of these films. In 64, she won the Golden Globe uh, for Newcomer. And uh, in 72, possibly more notable for people uh, who are interested in the video nasties, she is uh, in Baron Blood and Lisa and the Devil, and probably most noticeably in, the, in Lisa and the Devil, the Mario Bava film. Interestingly enough, in 75, she became the Carry On's highest paid ever performer, uh, last week, I played you a clip from uh, Carry On Behind, and uh, that was the one that she she, she starred in. It's the, it, it was between her and Phil Silvers who uh, earned the most money uh, for, from that series. An interesting example of Roman tessellation. Tessellation is named for what they're doing, huh? It simply means various Roman pieces get laid on cement. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable for them, no? <laughs> anyway, tomorrow we are poking holes all over caravan site with spikes. I don't think they'll like that at all. Oh, it's all right. We're poking early. Uh, since the 90s, she really concentrates on her painting and uh, then her acting. And... Um, she uh, speaks seven languages and, you know... Um, and in 2001, a golden palm star on the Palm Spring, California Walk of Stars was dedicated to her. She still lives in L.A. There's a small bit of confusion about um, whether this is Howard Shaw's first film score. Certainly on his IMDb, he conducted it. But it appears that uh, on his Wikipedia, it says he didn't actually write it. Claiming instead that his first film score was actually for uh, Cronenberg's The Brood. And that's something that's echoed in certain elements. But uh, as his IMDB page says, in actual fact, he had um, already done, uh, done, done, obviously done some TV work. But, you know, Drop Dead Dearest is most definitely not a TV movie and actually a, a proper movie. And he is down as composer on the credits and then on his IMDB page. So I think it's fair to say that the Wikipedia, for whatever reason, and, you know, you can never can trust Wiki really, is, uh, is wrong on this occasion. Howard Shaw was born in '46, and he's a Canadian composer. Um, composed scores for over say, eighty films, in fact, I mean most notably the Lord of the Rings trilogy, in which he won three Academy Awards. And he's consistently collaborated with David Cronenberg, obviously you know a Canadian filmmaker. Uh, he's scored all but one of his films since 1979. There's been some concept works as well, including an opera based on The Fly, based on the plot, but not his score. And uh, which performed in 2008 in Paris. He's also, as long with his uh, Academy Award nominations, he's also won three Golden Globe Awards and four Grammys. 
and he's the uncle of the film composer Ryan Shaw. I think maybe, possibly it's been kind of cut out the Wikipedia because this is a very uh, stripped back score. It kind of adds to the feel of the film being kind of a... Uh, well, a few reviews state that it kind of feels a bit like the type of movie that's, you know, a Saturday afternoon matinee. Uh, you know, a, a bit of a pot boiler thriller, really, you know. Did he kill his wife? And doesn't really get around to answering any of those questions effectively. Um, you know, it just causes a, a load of doubts and then doesn't actually um, round up the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the what actually happened element to it. Like a, like a, a Hercule Poirot case without the, uh, where he goes through what everyone's motives possibly could be that he finds out but doesn't, doesn't point the finger. Um, there is a there is a conclusion as such, but it's always left the viewer's mind whether the uh, the you know the, it's true or not. And I think that kind of music score, very piano-y, and you know, obviously, you know, showing the low budgets of the film comes from that, and, and you know, it isn't particularly brilliant from that point of view. The film was released uncut on Intercity as a preset video. Uh, Brandon and Nasty in 84 it was dropped in October of 84 after two months and then was re-released with BBFC cuts of a minute and six seconds as Drop Dead Dearest on Heron in 1986 they were to uh, just to tone down some of the violence I think it's oh, you know I mean it's an interesting it's such an odd film on the list I think um you know, you you put it next to something like I don't know, skewing the, the the really nasty stuff, like even like Evil Dead or you know, I don't know, The Slayer or something like that, or any of the others with like big close-ups of of of, of people getting slashed. It does seem to be out of its place. That said, you know, as we've said before, these films are uh, quite randomly picked up. You know, the, you know the. I think it's always, I mean, I've mentioned it before, but it's always worth remembering that just because something's been, you know, on the list, it, 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 people kind of think that if there's like a rhyme or reason to it, then there isn't. What could have happened was um, a local uh, video shop owner had, had stitched up the, um, you know, arrival 
to say that they'd, they'd found, you know, they, they, had, they had horror films on them and uh, they were grim and gruesome. And, uh, you know, one of them was this film and it contains a woman being murdered multiple times or, you know, scenes of chickens being skinned and the busies would have picked it up. That would be, and then that's on a prosecution list then, and that would be enough for it to be on the DPP for, well, DPP list for that time, and then obviously you know it it it, it will have been uh, repealed because uh, it lost its case, and then it would have dropped off, and that that's where that two months will have come in. So from that point of view, um, you know it's quite easy to see how these things could happen. Um, I think you know, as I said, you can never really underestimate the uh, the haphazard nature of this kind of uh, the, of the way it was all it all happened over that balmy two years. Miss Corte, how long have you been having a relationship with Mister Crucian? I fell in love with him over the years, but there was never anything sexual before I came to Canada the second time. He was very lonely. Just a little bit of feedback from uh, Rob Wilson. He says, Chris, I try watching this three times on YouTube. Dear God, it's boring. I just tried after I got a good night's sleep. Fail. I can't stay awake. I haven't seen a movie this dull in ages. Maybe a quality version would help. To be honest, if I got a remastered Blu-ray, I would not want to watch it. Did you watch this in one sitting? Uh, watched Absurd about a week ago. Can't really give it a full review because I chose to watch it with alcohol. I enjoyed it. Hope it wasn't my altered state telling me this was good fun. Hope the Evil Dead show went well. Really wish I could have went. Rob. Uh, well, cheers, Rob. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, yeah, um, this marks the second time I've sat through uh, I Miss You Hugs and Kisses. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it is, you're right, it is quite slow, it's incredibly slow, it, and it, it does feel so alien on the list. Um, it, I quite like, I mean, I'd say it's not the best slasher film on the list, but I, it is kind of fun, there's some good kills in it, and it, it you know, it is so heavily influenced by, uh, you know, the, some of the, some of the other slashes that were knocking about the time, so it, it is kind of cool to watch. Uh, yeah, and the screening did go well, um, it went really well, it was very busy. Lots of people came, and uh, everyone seemed to have a good time. So I mean, I'm delighted. I'm delighted with how it went. Um, being asked whether I'll do another one um, by quite a few people, actually. Um, I'm not sure at the moment what we're going to do. Uh, I'd like to do something else. I don't know if I'll use the R screen system again. I'll kind of go my own way and try and get something set up, maybe in a different kind of venue. Um, but we'll see. Um, probably, you know later in the year when possibly this this process is coming to an end we might do something again but we'll see closer to that time i think but thanks very much for your feedback that that's brilliant um also thanks very much to to um stuart rice who's at Leighton rocks who uh, sent me uh, a link to um a, a, a version from uh, seduction of the gullible book uh, about this um, I don't know if you know you might, might notice from how I've been talking uh, I Miss You Hugs and Kisses doesn't have a huge amount on it really but um, you know it is um, 
it's well yeah it's uh, it's okay and we're, we're, we're done now <laughs> but uh, you know it's good to it uh, it's good to anyone any kind of help with people is always good that's why i like feedback so much to kind of give you know different views and different perspectives on the same film is it is fantastic anyway if you want to get hold of me please do my email address is videonastypodcast at gmail.com my website is videonastypodcast.com or you can get me on twitter which is at orange underscore monkey uh next week we have got a uh, notorious i think it's fair to say uh and uh, a big, big old series of films, but the, the first one's the one that makes the nasties list. It's Faces of Death. So, until then, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film Obviously, divorce is, is the sensible way out.